not that it's just that we've got just a number of people in governments around the world that just have some kind of odd thing they just it's just the weirdest they're weird they're the strangest people i've ever seen and they do the weirdest stuff so like the dnc i guess is suing the trump campaign for winning the 2016 election and so not only are they going after the trump campaign they named Russia, I assume the entire country, Russia, and WikiLeaks. And the very first thing that, I mean, geez, you guys have stepped in it now. The very first thing that came out that Trump tweeted, he says, we're going to have a great time in discovery. Now, in legal proceedings, so whenever you sue somebody like that, they have to have like a, there's like a, have to, it has to be like a, fact findings like what are the what are the what's the information that gives credence to your complaint and so you have this suit and countersuit scenario where trump is essentially saying we're gonna ask for everything in discovery we're gonna ask for everything you're gonna end up handing over servers and missing emails now the the level of absurdity that we are at with this particular thing Look, I'm going to have to get my hands on a really good thesaurus because the, the common words, like if I did a word cloud on my podcast, it'd be absurd, globalist, Democrats, stupid. I have to come up with new words for all of this, okay? I have to come up with new words for all of this. And it's hard. It's hard to, it's hard to really wrap your head around <laughs> what is going through those people's minds. It's really like, none of, like we're guilty, but we're going to double down. You're doubling down on your own guilt. Now, in the last episode, I talked about how the rules, the ethics rules, and the procedural rules regarding classified information and the handling of classified information, um, those rules are, are very comprehensive, okay? They are designed to keep people from doing what they're doing right now. And that's why these people are getting caught doing following the course of action that they've been following, they're getting caught in actual criminal activity, see? And it's because they, these rules have been in place to prevent people like this from doing things like this. Okay, we're going to get into more details about that as time goes on, but uh, coming up here in a minute, we're going to talk about uh, Trump. Uh, I guess he's going to have a meeting with uh, Macron from France. Co-prince of Andorra. President of France, Emmanuel Macron, does he fancy himself the king of Europe? <laughs> no. He may, be, he may think he's, look, all these people, they act like that. Like, man, these guys really wish they were. Here's some advice to nations around the world. Here's some advice. Don't kill your kings. Don't kill your royalty, okay? And you won't have these tiny people running around like pretending that they are kings. And 
when I'm talking about kings, I'm talking about people who had, through the course of inheritance, inherited all of this land. And, and so like, for example, you buy a piece of land and the person, the people that live adjacent to you, their farm and your farm are close to each other. And let's say that, that your son marries their daughter, boom, their grandchildren. So the people that own these two properties, their grandchildren are going to own all of it. Okay. And so this is the thing they've, that process, that small, tiny process that I've just outlined for you has been going on for thousands of years. Okay. Now, they, that's why the oldest has the inheritance rights, because that is a greater claim than, the, than his siblings. And then all of those siblings then become cadets. So the authority and the ownership of the land never leaves the family, never leaves those, those families, okay? So to represent the, uh, the ownership, to represent that, they had to elevate those uh, people within the family to statuses. So that everybody knew that, that, yes, you live on this land and you're working this land as a farmer, but you're doing so because the guy that actually owns it, he's the guy that owns the title over all of the land, okay, is, that's actually his, but you are working the land and you are living and working on the land. So you're subject to him. You're subject to him. So they created these authorities to represent that, the value of the title. And it's been that way for thousands of years, okay? And so that's why you would see them keeping, uh, keeping their, you know, they'd marry their cousins and they would reintroduce second cousins, reintroduce the lines and keep the lines from spreading out too far. And the reason is, is because just of what I was saying, that the sibling lines, the cadet lines, that's everyone, that's everyone in the world that has ever lived. Okay. So you don't want to get rid of your Kings, the overall title holders, because once that happens, you have, you start going back up the line start going back up the line and because the siblings weren't necessarily kept track of very well you'll never find out which one is actually the title holder if you get rid of the the living title holder okay you'll never find it and it's important it has to be uh ownership legal ownership of a territory or land or that actual representation of title is necessary to uh to make legitimate trade deals internationally. Okay. And it's because that people throughout history have had this, um, have found that it was necessary to ensure that, that, that what they obtained was legally obtained and not stolen. And, and they learned throughout the millennia that things that you obtained that were stolen bring, you know, not in necessarily in a super superstitious way, bring a curse about. Okay. And so, so it's, uh, this is set up against the idea of ill-gotten gains. So, so they felt it was really that important. And I think that that's the case. And that's the thing that builds the wealth and value and even blessing, if you want to call it that, that's what builds it. And that's why there are countries that are more powerful than other countries because of that insistence on adhering to legitimately obtained and legally obtained goods and services, <laughs> not possessing stolen goods. Okay? So... Now, when you go back and you look at the way that the world is divided now into the borders that they have now and into the nations and the countries as they are today, which nations no longer have a title representative that represents them and is the title holder over their territory, the territory that their nation uh, consists of? 
some some really simple ones are Syria. That's one. And you say, well, they've have they've got president. That's not a title holder. See, president's just elected uh, from the people. So that's why you have that problem in the Middle East because they've had so much war that that they had lost track of their title holders, the people that actually own the land. Okay, and they have found that it's necessary for them to have that person to know who that person is and to have that represented. They've found that. That's what the problem is. is they've been trying to solve this problem for hundreds of years. Okay? Iran is another one. Russia is another one. Remember the Romanovs? They, they killed off that family, right? Now, there's a couple of loose, loosely related, you know, that would normally, that are, you know, would be tied to the Romanov families. But see, that's where I'm talking about. You've lost your mainline title holder. Now you have cadet lines. And, and so the cadet lines, in this particular case, um, the ones that exist, they're, they're old, older people, and they don't have any offspring. So it's a moot point now, because even if you say, okay, well, that's going to be our title holder, there's no way to pass it on legitimately, see? And so they have a problem. They have, a, they have an authority problem. And that's why you see all of those countries doing the exact same thing, and that is trying to consolidate their power, finding ways to consolidate their power, either through communistic uh, ideologies Socialist, socialism ideologies, um, what have you. The point is, is that every single one of them is, is attempting to consolidate power into one, a group or one individual. <laughs> it doesn't work because they're not, they're not actual title holders. It's not the same. So, they, so China is another one. And so you notice how the, 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 those countries these are the countries that, that the West has problems with all of these countries. These countries have problems with the West. Now, if you ask the Russians, the Russians are just like, well, I mean, Vladimir Putin, he actually said that to a child once. He said, there is no borders of Russia. Because from their perspective, all of their original title holders married westward. So in their minds, they think that that means that Europe belongs to them. So silly. That's silly. But from their perspective, if they were to trace their, the authority, the greater authority, that's what they would find is that their greater authorities all moved westward. All of them. So it's a, so it's a misnomer, see? Now not only are they without a title holder, because they got rid of them, they killed them, through their wars and through their, their assassinations, but now they think that they are still owed the world. They, they, you know, like there's no, no one can stop them. It's a pretty absurd thing. So. So we get into this whole thing going on with, um, with, with France, with Macron. Now, Macron's the co-prince of Andorra. I don't know. That's, that's pretty loose, and Andorra's not very big, okay? But that essentially makes him an elected monarch, so to speak, okay, for France. If you, don't, if you think that it doesn't matter, think again. Do you think that any of those people... Um, Everyone who's not royalty tries to be royalty because they think that that gives them the... So, for example, in the United States, we have this uh, senator called Focahontas, right? Elizabeth Warren. Now, she's pretending to be Indian because she thinks that that gives her this authority that she doesn't have otherwise if she's just uh, a, some obscure white person or obscure light-skinned person, okay? So she uses that to her advantage and, in fact, used it to her advantage to, to get grants or whatever for school or scholarships for school or whatever. But that's the disease that these liberals have. See, they have no, they don't have legitimacy, but they try to build legitimacy. Same thing we got going on in France with Macron, okay? 
when they had their election. Now, Marine Le Pen, she's no slouch. I mean, this gal was a sharp gal, okay? And, and I think she would make an excellent president. No question about that. And I think that uh, they have a number of issues there that, that would require someone, of, um, someone with her background and her ideology you know, to take care of. Um, so obviously the, the difference is, is that she's very much um, for a, not just a, not a nationalism necessarily, but she's for France. And of course, everyone's going to, you know, run on their platform. Yes, of course I'm for France. You know, I'm trying to be the leader of France. Okay. But in Macron's case, I think that the people in France uh, <laughs> had viewed them not voting for Macron as um not recognizing that authority. See that, remember what I was telling you about that entrenched authority of, of title and, and so on? I think that, that they felt that not voting for him, even though they agreed with Marine Le Pen, not voting for Macron would have be viewed as, uh, would be viewed as, once again, um, dismissing this idea of, of title. Okay? I don't know what this guy, whether it's appointed, whether so I haven't gone through his entire genealogy because it doesn't, but I do know that it doesn't go back very far. I went through like, I don't know, probably six, six generations and it doesn't go back very far. So I don't know what other connection to any royal houses that this guy has, but, but, but he's the co-prince of Andorra. And this is the reason why he's a co-prince is because there are, there is another person who has an equal, an equal, um, status. With it. Of course, that guy just stays there and acts as the prince of that territory, that, that place. And then Macron is just, you know, gallivanting all over the place being, being the president, okay? Whatever. Now, a lot of people these days view those titles as ceremonial, but I'm telling you, it is, it is part of the psyche of the everyday person in Europe. They have the same thing. So there are a large group of people in the EU who are wealthy. And they, these wealthy people have this wealth and they, they equate that wealth to, and that success to, uh, right of, it's obvious that we know that we're right. And you can't do, you can't make business in this territory without getting, acquiring loans from us. So, so they, once again, just like Elizabeth Warren having to come up with a reason to, you know, uh, to <laughs> grab onto power, having that, that thing that gives her the edge, okay, of authority. That's the same thing that these rich guys do in the EU because there's, you know, there are royal families in, throughout Europe, but, but none of them have the, um, it's like they, they, they say they recognize it and the people recognize it or, you know what I mean? Or, but it's not that big of a deal. So like the queen, I think, for example, they're like, well, it's under a constitutional monarchy. Okay. So if the place was going to pot and the queen of England never did anything about it, uh, I mean, that, that's kind of what you see. I mean, it's, it varies by opinion, but you know, you don't see her basically saying, Hey, uh, you know, maybe we should cool it on maybe loading this place up with a bunch of, uh, immigrants because you know, it, cause it is an Island and it would get full after a while, but perhaps, you know, I don't know what their mindset is on that. I don't know why they would, you know, <laughs> if, you, if you import millions of people, you're no longer the nation that you were. You're something different and you will no longer, you're essentially acquiescing to uh, not continuing a line of rulership in successive generations because it won't continue. It's an inevitability that those royalties, those royal families <laughs> die out. It's inevitable. Uh, just by the design of their choices. So, 
so we have this, and I've seen people talking about Emmanuel Macron, how he really uh, is working very hard to gain more and more authority within Europe. I don't know what that guy, I don't know what his game plan is, but I don't think you're going to be able to, uh, there's a number of uh, countries in Europe, nations in Europe, that simply just aren't going to go along with that. So, you know, France can be France. But if they're going to uh, have a representative of their, of their title, remember, France is another one of those countries that got rid of their king, their resident king, the resident title holder, okay? Uh, when they had their little uprising, and now they're this republic. They've gone through all of these republics. Now they're on their, what are their fifth republic now? But then they wonder why they get, you know, always calling for help. Now, I love the French people, and I love France. But they sometimes make some really bad choices, and it costs them. So here's Francis Macron. He's going to be discussing the Iran nuclear deal next week with Trump. Because as you know, Donald Trump thinks that the Iran deal is a terrible deal. And a number of people would tend to agree there's no, that came out of nowhere. Like, why even... Iran has been under sanctions for decades, okay? And it hasn't halted them in the least. They had their own economy, and it was just going along just fine. It's going along just fine. Their shops are open, there's food, there's fuel, plenty of, you know, manufacturing, and it's not like the latest and greatest, but they've, they've put together a pretty formidable uh, nation, and there's like 70 million people that live there. And, but they've had to do it by consolidating that power and holding that belief system over people's heads and forcing them into that, that thing. So the rest of the world doesn't like that. The rest of the world doesn't like that. It's not palatable for, it, doesn't, it makes it so that other nations in the world do not want to do business with them. And it goes, all goes back to the aspect of ill-gotten gains. But on the face of it, now you also have to take into consideration that these people literally are always talking about wiping out America and Israel. Wipe them off the face of the, ma face of the map, face of the globe. They don't want them there. So they're going to be talking about this. And I don't know what was going through Obama's head starting a nuclear program in Iran when their stated goal is to destroy us. But actually, it makes sense because Obama's stated goal is also <laughs> to destroy us. So I guess it does make sense. And it also makes sense that um, Donald Trump would want to try to uh, renegotiate this or, or just pull out of it, pull out of it. They don't, it's not necessary. It wasn't necessary. It wasn't necessary. I mean, Obama just wanted to be super nice and just pay everybody off. We all know how that turned out. What an idiot. What an idiot. But yeah, so... So I've seen a number of people talking about how Macron is trying to be like this leader king in Europe. And they have serious issues in Europe, okay? Everywhere they've had these, these migrants, these immigrants uh, brought in. And we all know why they were brought in. They were brought in so that these liberals who are going to be the ones who are feeding them the welfare money and the, you know, all of the things the, the, the state buys, which are stolen because you have to steal the tax money from the people that are, uh, live there legally and work there legally, they just take their money to make that happen. So it's a wholesale, it's a sale. Europe is for sale. They are selling it to people who don't have any money that they've brought in. They're selling it. They're giving it away. It's disgusting. 
It's disgusting. And the whole time they're like acting like they're not doing anything wrong. <laughs> stupid. It's totally stupid. Well, they're in for a rude awakening. So on episode 26, we talked about stealth, Jeff. So I guess in three weeks, America will find out who Jeff Sessions really is. Who is Jeff Sessions? Which side are you on? Is Jeff Sessions actually stealth Jeff? Waiting in the shadows to indict wrongdoers? Or is he just some guy that will do something if he's forced to do something? We'll see. We'll see. 10 other, let's see, 11 GOP members of the House sent a letter to him and Director Christopher Wray and they detailed criminal referrals that they were bringing against, uh, that they want brought against James Comey, Hillary Clinton, Ray Lynch, and Andrew McCabe. So that's a, and, and so DeSantis says that this, that's just the beginning. So I'll tell you what, when they talk about, when they talk about the storm, when Trump was talking about the calm before the storm, yeah, these people are getting their cards pulled. Okay. We've, we've known this was going to happen. We've known this was coming. And they knew it too. I mean, Comey goes out and writes a book like, I'm not that bad of a guy. It should have been the title. I'm, I'm not that bad of a guy. I tried to do the best I could do while being threatened by Hillary Clinton. <laughs> but also working for Hillary. But that's the... That's the... <laughs> How many people have you ever worked with in your life that ended up dead? How many of your coworkers just ended up dead? How many that do you know of your coworkers throughout your lifetime have died? Chances are pretty good that there's not very many, but Hillary has over 30. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. So yeah, they're clearing this thing up. They got leaks. They got, <laughs> they've got lawsuits, leaks, charges, indictments criminal investigations. These people are, man, that is all just, so the person that you don't want to vote for is the person who's always telling you um, that they're entitled to it. And Hillary Clinton, she acted like she was entitled to it. Barack Obama, same thing. I'm entitled to it. I'm entitled to it. Do you ever wonder why that is? You, you ever wonder where they get that? I mean, sure, Hillary Clinton was the first lady. But when Hillary Clinton, when they actually, when Bill tried to give her a job doing healthcare, everybody raised a huge stink because she's not, she was the first lady and she was not, they were like, look, you can't give her an official cabinet position as the first lady, she's first lady. She, she can't, she can't be the one that, that drafts law. <laughs> she's not elected to do that. So it was an unelected person drafting law. That was everyone's big problem with her at the time. And then she becomes a senator after that. And so this is the most qualified person because she was the first lady and a senator. But her Senate seat was purchased. And now her, her DNC nomination was rigged. We knew that she rigged it against Bernie. And so this whole thing with liberals is they have to do the same thing that that I was talking about before with all of those other countries, they have to consolidate power. They have to come up with reasons why they're supposed to be there and not somebody else. They have to create that belief. And that's why they stand up for 
women who have abortions. That's why they stand up for, for gays, homosexuals. They, they pick the smallest group of people and, and the margin, most marginalized minority groups, and then they, they use that as the, as the reason why they should be there. I mean, they've been feeding blacks welfare for decades. And they're just now under Trump starting to come out of it, you know, and they're better off. They're working. The jobs are there. We're, and it's getting better every day. Okay. But just remember that it's the Democrats that wanted to keep you down there as, you know, subservient to their party on minimal amounts of money, other people's money. <laughs> so Democrats ideas are dumb. They, I say this almost every episode, but how government operates and how economies work is a known and quantified thing. It doesn't work any other way. And the politics of liberals is a known thing. It's a known object. We know what they do. They, they essentially, in doing all this stuff, they admit that they have no authority or reason to be elected to high office. Because they don't, they, they admit it by their actions. They admit that they're not, they don't have the abilities. And so they, it's fake it till you make it. That's a liberal for you. Fake it till you make it. Now, there's people down at the bottom, you know, maybe teachers or unions or, you know, whatever. And they're just along for the ride. And they're manipulated too because they're, they don't even, they have a hard time taking off their own shackles, okay? Because they're forced to pay into this union that essentially funds the DNC. So they, so, it's a tool to, to browbeat people into submission to the DNC. This is exactly what I've been saying, is that that's their whole plan. They do that with everybody. They're not about freedom. They're not about liberty. They're about getting into people's lives and controlling them so that they're in control. That's what they're about. They're, they're, they're gross people. They have no business. They're scum. They have no business anywhere near politics. They have no business anywhere near government. These are, you want to talk about bad cops. Sometimes you get these guys that become cops because they like the power and the influence that they have over other people. That is a criminal mindset and not a, and not a sound legal mindset, okay? That's the difference between a good cop and a bad cop. And those are guys that you don't want to be cops, all right? This is, liberals are bad cops. They're dirty, dirty cops. All of them, all of them. And those poor people that they enslave with their schemes, they're, they're, it's like they're in a gang and they can't speak out against it because if they do, There'll be repercussions. <laughs> They're thugs. They send the thugs out. It's sad. Because if you can remember, think back on history and think that the one-room schoolhouses on the prairie, you know, that that's what teachers would, you know, end up be, becoming is part of this huge gang of thugs <laughs> that misappropriate funds and then beg for more money, all for the sake of the children. If you can teach children all of, you know, all the children you want in one schoolroom with one teacher can be done. It's been done before. But we just have so many and there's so the, the class sizes and look, you can teach kids. It's easy. It's not hard. <laughs> oh, my job is hard. You just don't say that. It's easy. Everything that you would teach a, teach a child from K through 12 can fit on a micro SD card, okay? Your job's not that hard. <laughs> Your job's not that hard. Stop being so dramatic. Ooh. I know why you get emotional about when people poke into that. It's because, oh, that's my livelihood. Well, yeah. But you're chained to it. It's not something that makes you free. It's something that you're chained to. 
This is what liberals do. This is what liberals do. And I feel bad for them because they just can't seem to free themselves from that bondage of, you know, it's an addiction. It's somebody else's addiction that puts those chains on them and they don't want to get, they don't want to get off of it. They don't want to get off of it. And I think the, you know, the country and the, the world is ready for a better system. Not, not like a new system in some fantasy utopian way. I'm just talking about like, like there are ways to hold employers accountable that don't require joining a union. Okay. There's ways to, uh, for, for people to be paid fair and decent living wages, you know, like teachers without a union. You can think about how much money you'd have in the park just not paying the union. That's, that's one thing. It's not necessary. It's not necessary. There's ways to set it up so it's fair, so that there is a third party, but that doesn't take money from the workers. So you defund the unions. Build a better system to take care of people in those situations when they have problems. You know? Doesn't take much. Doesn't take much. Not like it's going to be like this huge expansion or anything like that. It's not. It's not. But they got these people programmed. Like, and so they, they march in lockstep. And, they, and so Democrats, that's all they ever do is things to keep people under their thumb. And those people are horrible. They're, they're horrible humans. They're horrible people. That's dastardly. That's despicable. Why would you even do that to other people? For power? For money? It's ridiculous. I've said this before. If you take all the money in the world, you put it in your pocket, it's not worth anything. It's not worth anything. It doesn't, it's not, it doesn't, it is, its value isn't the same as if the money was free-flowing around the world. Okay? So, a little bit of soul-searching there. So, anyways, I told you that I was going to get on with the, uh, I want to add a feature to the podcast and because I know that people, you know, may have questions or they, they want subjects um, to be talked about, you know, things that they might want to bring up and we can discuss them and that'd be great or questions, answers, whatever you guys want, whatever you guys want. There's an app called anchor.fm is the website, but you can also get it on um, iPhone and Android. And this app loads up on your phone and you can podcast right to the app and then it gets to, and then it gets distributed to a few different places. That's really kind of a neat thing. One of the features that they have there is like for me being a podcaster on anchor. And if you were there, you had the app, you can go to my profile and leave me a, a message and I can use it then in my podcast, which is great. So that's a way for you to participate in what I'm doing and be a part of it. And we can get this conversation going. And especially if you, you know, agree, disagree, whatever, or you want to put your two cents in, I welcome it. Let's get in. Let's get in there and do that. So get yourself the Anchor app. Send me a message to my profile, anchor.fm slash childerick, and I will put you on this podcast. I will just, whatever you, you want to talk about something, you want to bring something up, you want to, you know, you want to rant for a second, send me a message on Anchor. That's, that's something fun that we can do. It's not, you know, we won't do them all the time, but I'd like to get, you know, a whole bunch of them uh, messages in there and have them all queued up and we'll, we can just put it together and it'll be fun. And then you'll be, you can be part of it. I know that's what you want out of your life. <laughs> Great. I'm talking to this phone. What am I doing with my life? No, it's fun. It's fun. I'm still stuck on this mines. I'm exploring it, checking it out. It's, uh, it's, it's so far so good. It's, it's nice. I enjoy its interface. It's clean. Nice, clean interface. 
doesn't get in my way. And I'm feeling it out a little bit because there's a little bit of a different, um, the interactions are a little bit different, but I'm hoping that I get better at it because it's me that everybody else is probably like, well, that's not how you do it. Sorry. I'll try to do better. <laughs> I'll try to do better. I'm not really, you know, so I'm not really doing this so that everybody's going to be like, man, you got thousands and thousands of people following you. I don't care. I don't care. If you, if you hear the podcast, if you listen to the podcast regular, if you're entertained by it, if you're informed by it, if it's fun, if it's something that you keep doing, you come back to, or you save it for later when you subscribe to the podcast on uh, Apple podcasts or, or iTunes, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Everybody's I'm, I'm able to do this right now and it's fun. And I, I just, you know, it's just good to, uh, put some emotion behind some of these, um, some of these serious issues in the world today, you know, and it's a little bit therapeutic, probably. That's probably what it is. It reminds me of an episode of, uh, Frasier. I'm Dr. Frasier Crane. I'm listening. <laughs> so yeah, it's a fun thing. So it's great. And I don't, uh, so I don't have any requirements like you got to be hardcore or share everything or do it. Just whatever you like is fine. And I enjoy interacting with everyone. If you'd like to leave comments, definitely do that uh, on all of the media. If you find me on various different media, you can find me at minds.com slash Childeric. You can find me at anchor.fm slash Childeric. And yeah, definitely hit me up. Retweet. You can subscribe on YouTube. I'm just going to keep doing what I do and I hope it's fun. I hope it's fun for you. I enjoy doing it next episode. What is this? What was this? 27 episode 27 next episode. Spice things up. I think you're going to like it. So definitely tune in for that.